I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk, and I'm here with Corey Dyer, Executive Vice President, Global Sales and Marketing with Digital Realty, and we're talking about the data center industry next. Hey, I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk. Focus on cloud, location, data center industry trends, and dynamic market. Well, Corey, thank you for joining us here in Dallas on this uh, rainy day. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you being here. Uh, And, you know, this is one of my favorite things I get to do is sitting down with industry leaders that have been in this market for a long time and getting to hear their perspective on what's changed in the market, um, what will be coming down the road. And so uh, thank you again for being here. Excited about our conversation. I want to start with your background because it's really interesting, not just from the data center side, but also from the technology side. So talk about your background and how you got into this space. Yeah, and we'll, it's kind of a good segue because we'll talk about data later on and sure. how gravity matters to yeah. it. Uh, I really started back, uh, if you go back to my industry days, in this industry about five years ago, started with Equinix, yep. right? Prior to that, I was at HP, ran storage sales for HP Canada. Okay. And then I was at NetApp, but really kind of cut my teeth in the industry yeah. at, De- at Dell selling servers and storage mm-hmm. and just kind of the whole stack, uh, which is, has been great for, for tying into this industry. Sure. Right? We, we started a little bit as, uh, are you an industry that's networking? Are you an industry that's going and selling to enterprises? Yeah. Or are you an industry that's really commercial real estate? Yeah. And we're a bit of, a, of an amalgamation of sure. all of those. And I think having the background around data is going to matter to us as we go forward with enterprises yeah. and with CSPs, because at the end of the day, you got to figure out what you're going to do with it. Yeah. And that's part of what we, we do from an underlying kind of core infrastructure. Yeah. The, uh, it's always interesting to see how, uh, you know, industry leaders, th- their backgrounds impact where the market is today. Um, what are some of the changes that you've seen, you know, over the last several years as you've been at digital uh, yeah. in the market and how users are approaching it today? It's interesting if you think through kind of the maturation that we've had uh-huh. in the industry. Um, I, uh, some of what I just spoke to in my, in my earlier answer was started out kind of in twofold. You had a network world mm-hmm. that was growing up, uh-huh. having network neutral peering sites, right? Then you also had customers that needed large capacity for wholesale. Yeah. And you're seeing those two kind of come together in the last few years. I think for the enterprises, if you go back five years ago, it was about interconnection. It was about how do I get to the CSPs, Yeah. right? Now it's how do I think through digital transformation? Uh-huh. How do I think through AI, 5G, all these different things, um, and really opportunities to create value for their businesses, mm-hmm. but it changes how they architect oh, their sure. IT needs. Yeah. And so I think that's what you're gonna see kind of come through now. And now it's not about how do I get to them, it's more about how do I make the most use of the data I have, yeah. and how do I incorporate all these different um, opportunities yeah. for us. And I think Platform Digital does a great job of kind of coalescing that for everybody and bringing together a point of view that we can help enterprise customers with better solutions for them going forward. So one of the interesting changes that has taken place over the last three to five years in the space has been the maturing data center user. And we certainly see different industry verticals approach the market, you know, differently. Financial companies might look at redundancy in a different light than maybe a technology company would. Um, Healthcare has a certain approach. Talk to us about what it's like to uh, try to attract those different companies and what some of their what what your approach might be in doing that. Yeah, we try to think about um, a customized approach for every mm-hmm. individual customer. Mm-hmm. Right, they've all got unique needs and unique capabilities. To your point about the industry verticals, 
We still have a network vertical in our team, sure. right? And we do that because of the value that they bring and how important they are to our business. Yep. And because they're unique to your, to your point. Same thing with financials. So when you work with us, we're going to make sure that the rep knows your business, knows what uh, considerations you have, as well as what opportunities there are for your business. So I think it, I think it works well the way we're doing it. Yep. Um, but there's a little bit of a customized approach. And then broadly, we still have a huge opportunity around enterprises that are all still dealing with the same, the same concerns. Sure. The same opportunities. They're trying to figure out how do I deal with data gravity? Mm -hmm. How do I deal with digital transformation? And we think that the platform that we talked about and that we've rolled out really built over the last call it 15 years, yeah. but articulated uh, in November uh, around Marketplace Live and the event we have sure. there yeah. annually, and we're going to do that every year. Um, but, <clears throat> but what it did is it gave some context around if you're an enterprise thinking about what do you do about your data, mm -hmm. what do you do about uh, networking and, and the whole digital transformation that's going on with AI and whatnot, then, then you need to have a context for it. And our context around platform digital and a pervasive data center architecture does a pretty good job covering most of those uh, core kind of solutions that yeah. they need. Yeah. And then we adapt from there to their specific needs. Yeah. But it's important to have kind of a mix of both. Yeah, and the, you know, it kind of goes into our next question just related to hyperscale data center users and enterprise data center users. And so, you know, when I started back in the space 10 years ago, it, it certainly, the, the wholesale market was mm -hmm. really wrapped around companies that had requirements and like the one to four megawatt range. And that was really, at, you know, almost the high, higher point of where those four to five megawatt requirements, things like that. Certainly things have changed over the last uh, 10 years and we're in a, a almost new universe as some of, uh, you know, some larger companies have had very large needs in all across, all across the world. <coughs> and so I think one of the interesting things about digital is, is and it kind of goes back to the platform, but you're in a position where you serve uh, a lot of different customer, not just industry verticals, but uh, I would say customer sizes. Talk about how you approach that and, you know, some of the challenges uh, and also advantages that come with the platform. Yeah, so a lot, a lot there. I, I would tell you that um, we think we're uniquely positioned to really take care of your large CSPs, mm -hmm. your enterprise customers that might need one of these, call you a traditional primary or, or disaster recovery or business continuity yeah. kind of solution. And then also all the way down to an enterprise customer that needs interconnectivity. Mm -hmm. So you'll hear us talk about a single cabinet all the way up yeah. to multi-multi-megawatts. Mm -hmm. That's true and that's real. I think with the uh, combination that we're going to have with interaction in sure. Europe here that's that's imminent, um, that'll put us in a really good position yeah. uh, to talk about ourselves being a leader globally around yeah. interconnection, around uh, anything from a CSP and a wholesale perspective to to an enterprise. And I would tell you that the nice thing about being able to cover that breadth of the market yep. is that the CSPs want enterprises in our data centers and in our oh, sure. ecosystems yeah, and in our communities yep. of interest, yep. right? Enterprises want to be close to them as well. Sure. And so we're in a new position where you go to one of our connected campuses and you might have a CSP there, multiples of them, um, also a whole lot of uh, enterprise customers mm -hmm. as well as network customers across the board. And I think that creates a community there that adds additional value, yeah. kind of a Metcalf law. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's been uh, interesting to watch the value of the ecosystem over the last five years, just in our industry as a whole, mm -hmm. and uh, hard to pinpoint the value, uh, but it is significant, you know, it is certainly, um, you know, driving more customer growth in areas where the ecosystem is, is richer. 
I'd, I'd love to put a dollar value to sure. it yeah. and understand exactly what it is. Um, it's a little more esoteric and sure. it's a little bit more fungible about it, um, but it's real. Yeah. Um, you find that that the buildings and the locations where there is a community, yeah. then, then there's a different dynamic there in those markets. Sure. Uh, I want to talk about the, the globalization of the business and just mainly because you mentioned interaction, but let's talk about why the business has really grown to be such, uh, you know, or focused on, on a global basis and how important that is for businesses today. And then also as an IT infrastructure provider, how do we uh, mature our platform so that it, it not just meets a customer's needs in this country, but it can also do the same thing in, you know, another area of the world? Yeah, I would, I would tell you there's probably two aspects to it. One is globalization around what do our products and services look like and mm -hmm. how could we make that more consistent sure. and easier to consume for, for our customers. Um, if you think through through global aspect of it, customers now want to be able to access their data and your app or your information yeah. or your service logs, whatever it might be, but they want to be able to do it dynamically, yeah. <clears throat> globally, yeah. uh, meaning mobile from anywhere in the world. They want it to be quick and responsive. Think about how long it takes if you have an app that takes two seconds to respond to you, you kind of move on. I'm done. <laughs> You're done. And if that's the app that you as an enterprise have that drives revenue sure. or saves money for your company or for your customers, yeah. then that's a big issue that's for problem, you. Yeah. And so I would tell you that on a broad basis, having a global pr platform that you can work with makes it easier to do business. Yep. Uh, then if you think through uh, what am I doing from an IT perspective, you can't service um, the entire globe in a fast, low latency perspective if you only are going to do it in a traditional way out of a, a centralized data center. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so what you see is is customers needing to, to think through where are their people, mm -hmm. where are their customers, where's their data need to reside. <clears throat> and it generally needs to be in more than one location. Yeah. And so being a provider that has a global footprint that can address most of the major metros that people and customers and enterprises are going to want to be in, yep. then it puts us in a really good position going forward. Yeah. You mentioned latency, and I was looking at some, uh, a few studies earlier this morning that showed, uh, you know, things like AI growth and autonomous car growth. And it was like 30 to 80 percent compounding annual growth over the next, you know, six to 10 years in those mm -hmm. months. So just uh, a lot of future growth coming from those technologies. Um, how do you think that will impact the data center space as a whole, you know, and, and again, this is, you know, as you think about the AI, Internet of Things, um, autonomous driving, but how do you think that will impact the market? I, I think what you're going to find from it, if you go back to my comments around data yeah. and data gravity, all that really is is a lot of data yeah. and being pushed further out. Yep. And so what it creates is an opportunity for all of us. Mm -hmm. If you think through it, <clears throat> how are you going to deal with that, mm -hmm. with that data? How are you going to deal with um, AI? How are you going to deal with 5G? And you're not going to put it all up in the cloud. Mm -hmm. You're going to need a customer. Uh, your, your customers are going to need a, an enterprise data center where they can put it locally. Yeah. Think through hybrid cloud. You start thinking down that path. Yep. Um, and so I would tell you on on the AI and 5G yeah. and all these all these technologies that are going to create more and more data. Mm -hmm. And when we talk more huge amounts of data, yeah. you've got to think through how you handle that. And one of the um, kind of frameworks that we've, we've built and that our team can help partners or enterprises think through is 
what do you do with you know the considerations you ought to have? Yeah. Right? And we try to bucketize it in in simple ways. Okay. Right. So four C's. So you think through what's your capacity? Sure. Do you have capacity. Sometimes that means I need to have capacity in a multi megawatt perspective. Yep. Sometimes it's just do you have a cabinet somewhere that I yeah. can get my connectivity. So uh, capacity coverage mm-hmm. global nature of this is going to matter to people. It's going to matter to customers. It's going to matter to enterprises. Control. Yeah. We can't have our data just moving around. You need to be able to control it and have a perspective around controlling it. And what does that mean? And then connectivity. And we actually separate control from connectivity Mm -hmm. and how we think about it and how we advise customers because they really need to be separate from each other. And so when you think through those four C's, um, it gives us a good framework to help customers, help uh, enterprises think through their AI and their 5G architecture. But then you start getting into conversations around the edge. Yeah, sure. Right? Yep. Yep. And then, and, and I don't know if you have a follow-on question, but the, the edge, if you think through that, because you start talking 5G, that's the edge, yeah. right? Um, well, now you're going to have customers that want to put data at the edge, mm-hmm. but they still got also need to put it back to their primary data. Yep. They need to figure out what they're going to do with the cloud aspect yep. of it. And so you can't have that data reside in all three places sure. all at the same time. Yep. We think we're in a good position to one, help out uh, on that, if you're an enterprise customer, there's opportunity to work with us to to, to think through that, that yeah. architecture and that yeah. solution. But if you're a service provider and you're thinking about the edge and yeah. where you go, well, we've now, we're in 200 and something data centers, we'll be in 275 sure. uh, after the interaction. Yeah. That's a, a lot of different points of presence yeah. that you can think through. Um, and if you're a service provider that's trying to build it out, then we're also uniquely positioned to do kind of brownfield yeah. builds for, for some of the service yeah. providers. that that not everybody in our industry is as well equipped to do. Yeah. So a little bit of both. Yeah, and it's interesting because you can, you know, I think companies are really looking to, especially those that want a global footprint, you know, be able to have an easier path to getting that done. And, you know, to your point where you've got as many locations as you do, you've got large, scalable, you know, facilities that can handle large growth over time. You have interconnected facilities down in, like, the core of different cities that are – uh, you know, hev- heavily network dense. And so, uh, you know, it seems like you and others are well positioned to, you know, handle the growth moving forward as it relates to these technologies. I, th- I think it's going to be good for our industry. Yeah. I think it's going to create more opportunity. And I yeah. think for enterprise customers, it's going to it's gonna be a huge solve for them around uh, performance and latency. Yeah. When I started, you know, in the space, uh, you know, 10 years ago, the focus on energy and renewable energy was very different than it is today. I mean, we, we certainly have seen, uh, in, in a good way, you know, I, I don't think the industry was looking at it poorly then, but it just wasn't as big of a focus. You know, what do you see from your perspective, um, from just the importance of focusing on renewable energy like today and for the future of our space, be, simply because our space requires so much energy to function properly. Yeah, you, th- you think about uh, large, large uh, power users. Yeah, we're the, we're kind of probably the poster child sure. for it, right? Um, and that's part of why, <clears throat> on our end, you know, we've got a long-term goal of being a hundred percent renewable energy yeah. supported, right? In the last, I think, three years, we doubled our renewable energy hmm. uh, sources, so that's that's positive. I've got a few stats here for you, but in 2018, we added 104 megawatts of renewable energy, brought us up to 288 megawatts yeah. of renewable. 2019, we added another 50, um, and then and then also another project with 
uh, the Portland uh, PG&E oh, yeah. uh, supply about 120 megawatts of power out there for uh, the Hillsborough and yeah, Oregon. Sure. A little bit of that. And then, and then more broadly, we also, uh, if you think through just the environment, yeah. rather than just energy, Our sp- yeah. right? Yep. We also signed an agreement with Nalco Water, which is a global leader in uh, water management and technologies and expertise around our water strategy. Interesting. So how do you yeah. also think that part of the environment? Sure. Just more broadly. Yeah. And then if you, if you, if you think through how that culminates and everything, um, given our, our kind of ex- excellent track record in sustainability, uh, we were named uh, by the National Association of Real Estate Investment Trust, so NAREIT, a leader in the light around the award for data center stability yeah. for the, uh, I think it's third year in a row. So just want to make sure I got a couple of those days. Sure. Right. Yeah, that's good, man. It's a little bit more than I normally would uh, try to remember. Yeah. Well, but it's a, po- it's a focus for us. Yeah. And then back on your core question, you're seeing a lot more customers demand it, yeah. put it in their RFPs. Yeah. CSPs, I think, are doing a great job with it. Uh, there's been some announcements around what their goals yeah. are. And, and that's going to help drive the, the industry and it's going to drive how we react to it and how we, we stay ahead of it. But we yeah. think we're a leader in it and we're focused on continuing it. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up the water piece because that certainly is, you know, we can make more power, can't make more water. And so, you know, it certainly is something that I think our industry is focused on. Uh, it's been, I think, rewarding and exciting for us to see companies like yours and others make some pretty big uh, commitments to, you know, what it's going to take to get to 100% renewable because it's, it takes a lot of planning. It takes, um, you know, capital to do. I mean, just, it takes a lot to do it, but it, but it certainly uh, seems like it's on the radar for, you know, a number of companies. Yeah, I would tell you it's uh, more than on the radar. It's a focus for us. Uh, You think to the Nalco water um, agreement that we did. <clears throat> that takes time. Yeah. And, and nobody's pushing us on water. Sure. People are pushing on power. Yep. We're trying to stay ahead of it. So yep. I'm just proud of the, the work the team's doing and, and where our progress is yes. across it on, on renewable energy and just the environment broadly. Yeah. You mentioned Platform Digital earlier. How is that impacting your go-to-market strategy moving forward? It's been great for us. Uh, in, in, uh, I think we na- announced it in November. Yeah. Uh, just last week, we had three more articles come out from Gartner. Okay really kind of compounding on the virtues of what we've presented sure. and our perspective. So the pickup from media, the pickup from analysts has been amazing about it. That helps your go-to-market, let's be honest, sure. right? They inf- they're very influential and helpful, yep. and they give good insights to, to enterprises that are thinking about how they go after um, solving some of these mm-hmm. problems that they have and opportunities. And so how's it affected us? We, you know, From a go-to-market perspective, it's been huge. It's gonna create more drip demand, it's increased our pipeline. I think from a partner perspective, you have partners that listen here. Yeah. From a partner perspective, it gives you a much better kind of uh, solution-oriented and an opinion about what somebody needs, mm-hmm. right? What it's changed is you've got customers now coming to us saying, help me with my strategy. Yeah, There's a different dialogue you're having with them as opposed to, I think I need this yeah. and here's an RFP, Yeah, right? And, and it's broadened our, our aspect around who we're seeing um, come to us. Uh, in, in the past, it might have been networks, it might have been large CSPs. We're seeing a big movement with enterprises that are starting to consider us more and more. Uh, IDC, I mentioned earlier, uh, some of the different things that are going with Gartner coming mm-hmm. out. But IDC just put us in their kind of leaders wave, I think that's the right term, but the top and right of the uh, IDC yeah. uh, reports. So really good progress across the board on the go-to-market. And, uh, and it's not just how do you frame it up? If you just have a perspective, but you don't have a go-to-market sales team and mm-hmm. sales engine with SEs and SAs, oh, yeah. 
the whole ops team that we have behind it, making yep. it real for them, yep. then it then it then it kind of falls flat. Sure. So it's it's great that we've got a go to market group that can also help customers and coach them through it. We say trusted advisor. Yeah. Um, this is really maybe a uh, you've got a perspective. Help us understand. Sure. Kind of, kind of framework for it but it's been it's been really positive and really well received yeah and i think your comment about the, the the trusted advisor approach and you know how can we have the strategic conversation versus the rfp conversation again nothing wrong with an rfp but i think if you're the data center users that listen to our content you know i think you have got to think as a user the people that i partner with are going to not just be uh, with me today, but they will be my partner probably three years from now, five years from now, maybe even longer. And so, number one, from a relationship aspect, how am I utilizing the expertise they have to help me make the best decision I can? Um, and then, two, are they in a position not just today, but you know, five years from now to help me grow? I think is is um, so important. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a bit game changing for yeah. us as we go into the enterprise space. Yeah. Um, Earlier, you asked about my background. Yeah. I could have said it differently. My background's always been selling IT to enterprise customers. <laughs> like, that's sure. that's the background. Yeah. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, the trusted advisor aspect comes in when, you're, when you've got a relationship. Yeah. We don't have all those relationships. It's part of why we're really hugely excited about channel, platform, uh, the, the partners, um, alliances that we can drive. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just hesitate on the trusted advisor because that's something you get and you earn over time. Yeah. But I do love that what we've got now brings a perspective yep. and a point of view yep. that I think and, 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 and the analysts will tell you can really help a ton sure. of customers yeah. in their journey. Absolutely. So, Corey, how is digital approaching different customer segments today? Um, I think it's a fair question, right? Where, what customer segments are we focused on? Yeah. You asked it more in a vertical way. Sure. But you can also do it from Fortune 2000, Fortune 5000. Absolutely. What sizes? And, uh, and I'll tie it back a little bit to uh, just the opportunity that's out there. Uh, we're kind of greedy. We want all the customers. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and um, basic sales guy, right? <laughs> um, but I will tell you that what we've done with our go-to-market approach yeah. is we've taken a different perspective on it. We've tried to say, out of all the customers we have, what are the commonalities that they have? Okay? What are, why, why are they using us? Mm-hmm. And then we've taken that and reverse engineered to say, these are the customers that that ought to be using our mm-hmm. capabilities. They're multinational. They have a lot of customers. They have a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of data. Mm-hmm. That's my salesman simpl- uh, simplification yeah. of it. But there's a broader angle on that. And so sometimes that'll look like um, a, uh, a North America-based um, oil change company. Yeah. It might be. It might also turn around and be your largest multinational food company. Sure. It could be any of those. And so on our end, we think that um, platform digital and, and, and really the, the driving macro trends that are out there give us a, a, an opportunity and put us in a really good position to, to take care of customers that, that might be in that commercial space or small business space, mm-hmm. help them out in a, in a huge way, getting connectivity to clouds and, and uh, better connectivity uh, broadly to their customers. But yeah, on the CSPs, we still are going to do that business. Sure. We love that business. Those are some of our best customers. Yep. Uh, but we think we can address a whole swath of, of customers. And on our end, if we're coming to you, we probably have done some analysis on your business. Sure. Think that you're yeah. a pretty good target Fit, for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned the, the, the channel partner approach. Uh, how is that impacting what you're doing today, just from a you know almost your go-to-market strategy as well? Yeah, it, it's core to it. Um, 
one of the, the three pillars that I have that, that are going to kind of propel us yeah. forward in the future. Channel and Partners is, is, is the third of those, yeah. right? And when I say three pillars, it's not third. You yeah. have to have all three pillars, sure. otherwise yeah. it falls down. Yeah. I guess that's a, a bar stool or yeah. something. Um, but, but yeah, it's part of it. It's core to what we're doing. Uh, when you ask about how's it impacted, uh, 73% growth in new logos last year hmm. from the channel. Our channel was up to 17 or 18% of our business from hmm. a co-location. Yeah. That's up from the past. And, uh, and it grew on its own 37%. So if you take those uh, versus what the industry is growing, they're pretty good numbers and good early success. And we're focused on making sure we have the best program for the partners that we can. Yeah. You know, we mentioned anything from a multi-megawatt to a single cabinet. Yeah. We talked about networking <clears throat> and interconnection. If you're a partner and you want to be able to go um, solve for a customer broadly in a multinational way, we're pretty pretty good solution for yeah. it. If you're a partner that has a customer that has a network optimization need, pretty good solution for yeah. that. And so understanding who we are and how we work yeah. and having us do a better job enabling all of our partners, I think will we'll really bear some good fruit for both our partners and for ourselves over the next time. Yeah, period. that's good. Well, it's been fascinating to watch the growth of, you know, digital. And I mentioned when we started, you know, uh, just watching the company grow over 10 years has been phenomenal. And I, I know the next many years will be the same, but what's your thoughts on like, what gets you excited about, you know, being in this space? Uh, when you think about the future, we talked about some future technologies, but just, I mean, what gets you excited about, you know, continuing to, to be in the space and be a leader in it? It's funny, I, I should have just listened to the whole question before I started to answer, because yeah. <laughs> when you said, you know, what are you excited about? Yeah. The first thing I get excited about is just the team we have. Yeah. Um, I, I started here a year and three months ago, yeah. and just the focus and the drive and, and I will say the passion they have around the business yeah. and around customers, and always trying to figure out how we do a little bit more and a little bit better and a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, we mentioned kind of the coming together of, of the wholesale and the enterprise, yep. we're in the middle of that, yep. and we're trying to figure that out. Uh, so the leadership team we have gets me excited. My broader sales team, SAs, SEs, sure. everybody yeah. gets us excited. And I feel like we're on a, we're on a good journey. Yeah. Um, but, but, but that wouldn't be enough if you didn't feel like we were in a really good position broadly with yeah. some macro trends. Yeah. Um, you always hear, are the, you know, are the clouds, CSPs going to build their own and do something different? Sure. Um, everything that's gone on with this, uh, I call macro trends, has helped out the data center. Yeah, I totally agree. Business, totally right? agree. Um, yeah. And I think that's going to continue. So yeah. we've got a. I'm not going to put a, a timeline on sure. it, but we've got plenty of runway yeah. uh, to continue to be successful. We talked earlier about. I think you were just trying to get a, your head around the amount of opportunity. Yeah. You gave me some stats, and I almost. I'm not too worried about what the stats sure. are. The stats all say there's a really big opportunity sure, yeah. and we're all going to be really successful yeah. if we go execute sure. on it. You bet. And so that's yeah. probably where I'd pull it back is yeah. the people we have, the messaging we have, the, the platform they built yep. over the last 15 years gets me excited about it, mainly because we've got macro trends that are going to kind of, what is it, rising tides, lifts all, all ships. Yeah. There's a little bit of that aspect yeah. to it. But I think we're better positioned than most. Sure. Well, Corey, thank you so much for being here and really excited to get to see digital grow in the future. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot for the time, Dave. You bet. Appreciate it. Thanks.